Welcome back, everybody, to episode six of the Warm Up Podcast. Um, bit of te- technical difficulties today. I don't have the mic thing, so we're going to be holding the mic. But that's what the it clamp. is. Huh? The, the clamp. clamp. The clamp. The you mic clamp. We don't need the clamp because we're doing amazingness without it. One hundred percent. It might be better if it goes good. Then that's the we'll clamps are out. This will be our thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a very special guest today. A recent good friend of mine. Yes. Um, the leader of the entourage. One of with Jack. One of the leaders yeah, of the entourage. Good personal friend, Mooney Ponds native. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And uh, just an all-round good guy. Is that what? Are there any other credits I should throw in? Uh, just oh, the winner of the Australian <laughs> Apprentice season one. I had to leave that out. That's alright. Um, he's joining. He's, he's gracious enough to join us today, and and um, I'd like to welcome Andrew Morello. Fantastic, Andre. Thanks for having me. Yeah, congratulations on the kid. Great, thank you. Yes, got a new uh, son, uh, Lion Main Morello. There you go. So uh, Joe's very happy because his grandfather was Leone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I named it after his grandfather. I said I didn't even know that it was named Leone. Yeah, but, don't tell him. Uh, oh, no, I <laughs> know. Just let him, let him have his day. Yeah, yeah. When, until he hears this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. We, he's not. <laughs> hey, he's not going to hear this. He might. Yeah. You don't know. He, oh, might. he might. He might. He might. He might. Maybe. Um, so I actually haven't, it's funny, I haven't run Andrew past anything. I haven't, no. run, I haven't run you past any, how this goes. I prefer that. But yeah, it's good because what I've usually done in the past, and I think it's a good method, is just start from the beginning. Yes. And end at the end. Great. So like, what, what I've done in the past, we won't have to stick to this, is like, tell me about your family, your parents, your yes. upbringing, how they came over here, if they came over, if they were born here. Yes. Um, your upbringing... What got you into the, onto the path you're on today? Yes. When, when, when you changed paths, what happened? Yes. Anyway, you, you get the gist. Yep. So, like, I mean, do you want to tell me a little bit about how you ended up here in Australia? So, my mother and father were born in Italy. Yeah. They come on a boat in uh, 1956 with, I always make it as a bit of a joke, but there's a little bit of truth in the joke with one shoe and empty suitcase. Yeah. Uh, my father was uh, quite young, my mother was quite young, so obviously they come out with their parents, so my, I'm first generation Australian, um, and, you know, I, I've taken probably the core values that were bred into me as a, um, as, you know, a first generation Australian by my parents, and I've taken those core values and I've tried to evolve on them, I've tried to grow on them, um, and then bring it into the modern day world. So, uh, which has worked out pretty well thus far. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, uh, my, my, my business story started on the corner of Pascavale Road and Buckley Street in Mooney Ponds at my yeah. father's service station, Morello Motors, uh, which has just recently been sold. So congratulations to my dad after uh, a big career in, uh, in petroleum and, and, and service stations and mechanical repairs. But um, what effectively has happened off the back of that um, is I took those core fundamental values that I learned at working at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old at my dad's service station, and then I implemented it into my own business at 15, which was running um, drug and alcohol-free uh, blue light discos effectively, but on a much larger scale. So I, t- I took what people were doing already. I think I have a very good ability to take what people do already and then upscaling it and making it next level. Um, and so I did that down in Melbourne, at 15 and then uh, at 18 got into property, uh, did well in property and then at uh, 23, 24, 
uh, won the first Australian Apprentice, ended up with Mark Burris and bought into the Entourage, and uh, the rest has been history. Oh, that's, that, that is being the quickest... Oh, that's it then, guys. Thank you that, very much. Guys, yeah. Cole, thanks very much, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Like, that's a good, like, summation of the whole thing. But I think we should maybe go into a little bit more deeper about everything. Like, I'm interested in, to, in how your dad came over here, what he did before Italy, and what made him get into the service station industry when he came here. It's, you know what? Out of all the interviews I've ever done, and out of all the uh, people I've met, no one's ever asked that question. So I'm, imp- I'm impressed that you asked that. So, But I do know the answer. I know the answer. I know the answer. Yeah, my, my father was given a... Um, a child's uh, toy, uh, a die-cast metal toy as a child. Um, and he, uh, it was of a car and uh, he had the toy and he would play with it. And he only had one toy growing up in Mooney Ponds, right, as a child after he came on the boat from Italy. And he'd play with it and he would polish the car on the toy uh, up in a die-cast metal toy, and then he'd put it back in the box and under his bed. He had one toy, and he became obsessed with cars because of that one toy. And off the back of that, he then he went and did his apprenticeship at a place called Preston Motors in Melbourne, and uh, and wrote, uh, you know, you know, wrote his future based off the back of that toy. Like cars were, became his passion. I know, I know. Yeah. No one ever asked that, but he had he had one toy. Uh, he had quite, you know, my, my grandfather and grandmother, beautiful people, and obviously coming from war-torn Italy, had, uh, you know, probably some PTSD, some trauma from what they had experienced. But my father made his own future and, um, and truly re- rose to the occasion by, um, by, by starting his first business very young. Yeah, that's Across the road cool. from where he grew up, ironically. Yeah. And then bought his first service station, then his second one, and then so on and so on. Right, so it's always been the path for you, Dad. It has, but it all started with that die-cast yeah, yeah, metal yeah. car. That's that toy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And your mum? Was she, like, kind of like, I know, in that generation, it's almost like the father goes and does, I mean, it's International Women's Week, but father goes and does the service my, station. My, so my father do... and my brother and my sister and I would not be who we are today or where we are today if it wasn't for my yeah. mother. Yeah. So, like, my mother, she, yes, she played, you know, one might call... The traditional um, supportive role, but I would argue that the the fundamentals that my my brother, my sister, and I grew up with um, were actually uh, what I should say probably carved out by our mother. Yeah, you know, she had this amazing ability to be truly um, selfless. Uh, she had an amazing ability to forgive. Uh, she had a very hard life in yeah. childhood. But she, uh, she gave us unconditional love. That unconditional love gave us the confidence and the motivation to be able to do the things that we've accomplished. Unbelievable. That's a, that's, I don't know what to say. That's fantastic. That's so it good. is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, she, she passed away last year. For those who don't know, um, she passed away last year. And it was an end of a matriarchal dynasty where, you know, there was an amazing ability that... You know, and I'm not saying this in a misogynistic way or or insensitive ways of women's empowerment. I come from a very matriarchal sister as well. She's really risen to the occasion. Yeah. And she's a general manager of uh, a philanthropic um, arm to our business. And she's a very accomplished woman. She went to Oxford University. She's got, um, you know, she lived in Europe for 12 years and got an amazing, illustrious corporate career. Um, but, you know, my mother forged the path 
uh, in this beautiful balance symbiotically between um, doing, you know, you know, yes, being that supportive role to my father, but more importantly, um, you know, being that supportive role to us children. Yeah, that's cool. So then going on from that, you kind of touched on it. You worked in your dad's service station briefly, yes. like for 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yes. Um, and then from seeing how he's run a business and this and that, you decided that you're going to try and start your own little business. Another, another good question. My dad, my dad had a rule back in our house. He said, like, when you make your own money one day, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So while I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 9 months old and 14 and, and so forth, I uh, was at the ransom of my father. You yeah. Know? Like, I, I was, uh, I, you know, Moody Ponds was, was a bit of a wild place back then. Um, and I, in my head, went, like, the faster and the sooner... That I can, uh, can I that I can make my own money the faster and sooner I can do whatever I want. So, effectively, what ended up happening was um, at at fifteen, at like fourteen, I went to the Mooney Valley Council. A lady named Carol Espinosa, I should probably give her a mention. <laughs> Carol Espinosa and I came to her with an idea. I said I want to take underage blue light discos out of a hall and I want to put them into a nightclub. And there was this beautiful grey area in the law where you could do that as long as there was no alcohol in the venue. Yeah. So it was just, I was solely taking the venue for venue space and serving soft drink and, and, and so forth and so forth. And um, the, the, I suppose the legislation hadn't caught up to it at that point. Yeah. And uh, that's what I did. I, I, I ran these events in, in Mooney Ponds initially. Then from Mooney Ponds, we went to the Metro in Melbourne. If anyone listening's from Melbourne, they'll remember the Metro, 15 Burke Street. Then I ran them at QBH, Queensbridge Hotel, across the from the now casino. Um, but, like, it was funny because th- one of the biggest motivators was my father saying to me, when you make your own money, you can do whatever you want. And I went, okay. Yeah. So then what I did is I made my own money. Yeah, but you know what impresses me the most about that story? It's like most 14, 15-year-olds that you speak to, not that I speak to many, but yeah. like they'd go, yeah, so then I got a job at a cafe and I started doing that. Yeah. But you, your entrepreneur brain, it seems to me you've always been an entrepreneur because it's like I'm not going to go work in a cafe. I'm yeah. going to actually make a whole industry in fucking Melbourne. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Isn't that, don't you think that's I, funny? I think, you ever I thought think, about that? I think, Andre, I wanted to work smarter, not harder. So at the time, what ended up happening was my... Uh, you know, like I saw my father working very hard. I saw my brother working very hard in real estate, which I later went into. But like I, I thought there could be, a, there's got to be a smarter way of doing this, yeah, right? Yeah. And and I think at 14, 15, 16, 17, it was, you know, what a great way to leverage my networks and my opportunities and and the schools that I was around. I went to St Bernard's in Melbourne. I was vice captain in 2003, and like, you know, there were six all girls schools around me. So I thought, look. As long as I can get the girls there, the boys will follow. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, it was a foolproof business plan. Yeah, right? yeah that's so, genius. So the first night I ever ran, I was like 14, 11 months or 15 years old, whatever it might be. Actually, it was March when I was 15. Because my birthday's the 15th of March in a couple of weeks. And I ran it because I did Morello's birthday. No, the second one was Morello's birthday. The first one was, would have been February and ladies' night. And then foolproof system. And the second one I ran was Morello's birthday. I thought, if I can fill out the venue twice in a row, then I'm good as gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And legitimately, I was good as gold. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so then, see, I love doing it like this. You know, dad, boom, grows up, 16, 16, 17, 18, 19, doing that. Then, you finished high school. Yep. Did you, go, did you go to university or did you decide? Did not. Yeah. Did not. No, no degrees. I've got a real estate license, which I did at a local TAFE and, and at Swinburne. Uh, Swinburne TAFE down in Melbourne. But yeah, I was uh, like, school for me was 
especially in high school, was, was certainly about the, the entertainment factor. I loved being at school because I had fun yeah. and it was fun for me. Did I do very well academically? No, I didn't. Uh, but I had great teachers. I had great um, support network, the school. We did a lot of philanthropic work. So that was where my, my passion for charity and philanthropy came after, you know, while I was at school doing um, volunteer work with St. Vincent de Paul. And then, like, the reality was, like, that's where I sort of realised this was my true calling and this was the path I was going to go on. Down the philanthropic path. Yeah. So now we've got a, we've got a couple of orphanages in Cambodia with um, Sunrise Village, Cambodia. Um, Shout uh, out. Put yeah, the link. Yeah, yeah, put the link. Yeah, I always do that. Please put the link. Here, there might be, like, a photo. Yep. Great. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Great. So photo, maybe link down there. We'd love that. Yeah. If you can support us in any way. So uh, Sunrise Village, Cambodia with um, Geraldine Cox, Order of Australian Medal winner. I've got um, also, I sit on the board for Project Gen Z, which we do uh, entrepreneurial um, workshops in Cambodia with uh, orphans that are rescued from child prostitution, begging circles, abandoned by their families. So Jesus we try Christ. and teach them entrepreneurialism. Um, and then I also sit on the board for... Uh, Seed Foundation Australia, which is for um, Indigenous education in remote Indigenous communities. All right. Well, look, that, I'm going to put all of those links in the Great. description. I'll do that. We appreciate that. Yeah, and then anyone you know, anyone feels obliged to or not obliged feels no, inclined. Feels like, yeah, feels inclined to donate. You'll find the links below. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So that's so interesting. So then, sorry, we got to finished high school. Then you had to decide a path. What path are you going to take? I want to know how you got into real estate and how you got out of it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not well, out of well, it. I'm still in yeah, it. Yeah, no, but hold on. Is, sorry, is real estate the thing straight after high school? You went to TAFE? And I did, did, I did, I did. Yeah, yeah. So, um, ironically, I didn't work for uh, my family business. Yeah. My, my brother believed in avoiding a thing called nepotism. And for those of yeah. you who don't know, nepotism means like uh, getting looked after because you're a family member. So, my brother actually um, got me an interview, uh, which I was actually rejected initially while well, I was 17 still I like I was leading so I finished school in November 20, 2003 and I was still 17 until March 2004 yeah, I'm the same. yeah I was still yes yeah, so I was 18 March 2004 and so like what ended up happening was I went for a job interview and I was having a good time I had my long curls like I've got again now and I I had my headband in like I do now so I was <laughs> I was trying my hardest to get back to that point in my yeah. life but I certainly wasn't real estate ready, let's call it. But um, I went for an interview with a guy named Adrian Butera in Williamstown, um, who's now one of my good mentors and one of my good friends. Uh, he taught me how to be an auctioneer as well. And uh, he, he kind of wasn't that interested initially. I think he contacted my brother and said, oh, you know, uh, Andrew uh, looks like he's just having a good time, which I was. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I was having a good time. But... Uh, then I went back about, uh, it might have been like 18 and three months at that point, and uh, he called me in and, and he just lost his right-hand man, yeah. his, uh, his little sidekick, and he, um, you know, uh, would you be interested in coming on board and working alongside me, Adrian Butera at Compton and Green Real Estate, and I said, in Williamstown, and I said, you know what, I'll give it a go, so I, I went and did that. Um, and then within like, it was supposed to be like a two year program. So from like 18 to 20, it was supposed to be a two year program. You're supposed to meet certain metrics. And one that, what ended up happening was I met those metrics well and truly before, um, uh, the two years. Yeah. Yeah. Like six months in and, uh, he turned to me and he said, uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to, you know, do you want to 
go as someone else's assistant or do you want to go out on your own? What do you? And I said, I'll go out on my own. And that's when I started my proper real estate career. What? So you're what? You're like not even 19. And you no, I'm 18 in six months. Yeah, yeah, 18 in six months. Went out on my own and started uh, listing and selling real estate. Incredible. Yeah. So how long did you do that for? I was doing that uh, at Compton and Green until 21. And then at 21, oh, I went and joined the family business, which back then was Thompson Real Estate and then became Jealous Grey Real Estate later. What do you mean? The fa- oh, your brother. Your yeah, brother. My yeah, brother. Yeah, 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 my brother. Yeah, my brother. So then uh, I went and... Uh, joined the family business, uh, got involved there, opened up some offices with my brother, um, and then eventually got to a point uh, where I was killing it. So I, wrote, I was running a million bucks a year in real estate, which was great. Uh, and I was young. There's probably a bit of arrogance there. There's yeah. probably a little bit of hubris. Um, yeah. And I thought I was a rock star, which was great. But then my friend, and I should probably mention him, Spiro Vassiliadis, um, from now, Jealous Craig, he works with us now at our, our company, but back then he was Century 21, Clorinda. He said, you should try out for The Apprentice. And I turned around and I said to him, I said, bro, I don't have time for this rubbish. Wow, okay, so that's straight off the back of real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could I ask before, because I, I really wanted to get to this, and I'm excited to hear about it. I need to ask this, though, I think maybe even for the fans. Yes. The, the fan yep. that I've got out there. Yeah, right? great. Um, it sounds like up until this point, you've nailed everything. Yeah. You've hit everything, sixes for everything, right? Yep. About your biggest hardship until up until that point. Look, the biggest hardship was... Uh, What's the chip on your shoulder back there? Yeah, so I, I, a couple of things, and I've, I've done this work with my shaman and my, 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 yeah. count, my, my <laughs> psychologist now, so it's a couple of things. One, I, I come from a family of top performers. So sometimes, and I'm sure there's people listening that have gone through this, right? When you have a father or a brother or a mother or a sister that have all done well, like there is a big expectation, not necessarily by them, but that you put on yourself. And ironically, um, it was never from my actual family. Like they never put the expectation. My father didn't ever put any expectation about starting a business or or my brother around being going into real estate. There certainly wasn't, I wasn't pressured in any way, but subconsciously I was the youngest of three kids. You know, I looked at my sister who was in Europe at the time doing extremely well, you know, illustrious corporate career there. I looked at my brother who at 20 years old opened up his first real estate office in, in Kensington down in Melbourne. Um, and uh, and I looked at my father who literally come out with one shoe and an empty suitcase and he had gone and accomplished all these amazing yeah. things. So like, I, I, I felt there was a lot of pressure on me from that, number one. And then number two is I've always been a big guy. And, and, and when you go through an all-boys school, 2,000 boys all-boys school, yeah. um, it's, it's, it, it is a challenge. And, and yeah, there was an element of, you know, one might call it bullying, but, you know, I had a choice to make that was I going to use that as fuel and fire in order to take me to the next level or was I going to sit there, um, you know, uh, sad because I wasn't there accomplishing the things that I was going to accomplish. So I made the the choice, the conscious decision, the very very conscious decision to go to the next level and and, and go and beyond. Fuck. Yeah, that's mad. It's nice to hear. It's good to hear that. I reckon. Thank you. Because not everything, not everyone's just you know. It's, it's not easy. It's not that easy. It's not easy at yeah. all. Yeah. It wasn't easy at all. And uh, I'm very, very grateful that I grew up in a great family and I had a great role models. But um, Andre, it's, it's been a battle. And, and I'm not arrogant to think that it's easy now. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very committed to, 
not just my my business goals, but also my philanthropic goals. And we've had setbacks left, right, and centre in in that world, especially after COVID. Um, you know, my business goals are doing well right now, right? And it's great, and the entourage is going great. And you know, Jack and I just uh, caught up today and did some twelve month planning. Mm. So, like, you know, we're in we're in the process where we're we're, we're moving solidly in the right direction. But the uh, the reality is is that I uh, I truly believe that you need to live your life in gratitude. Because if you don't, you are actually going to, um, you know, you're going to be left behind. You know, it's amazing. Look, two things. I think gratitude and forgiveness are the two amazing human qualities that really separate humanity. So when you can master gratitude and, and forgiveness, um, you've basically mastered consciousness. Yeah, and you and you are you still working towards that, or you think you've kind of got to? I'm always working it. towards yeah. it, hundred percent. Like I would never be, you know, arrogant enough to think that I've got it all down pat. Like I've got an amazing um, uh, plethora of great role models and mentors, but I am I am constantly battling to be the best I can possibly be and and bring the best of Morello to to, to everyone. Yeah, whilst also being grateful for where you are, what you've give, what you've got. Yeah, like you know what I mean. I feel like that's a really cool message. Like, that 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 gratitude piece is um, it's it's difficult. It's difficult, yeah. Andre. Like you know, we're uh, we are we live in a world where people are constantly, um, you know, I suppose, constantly taking advantage and not appreciating the beautiful world that we live in. Australia is a prime example of that. Like you know, we've got the rest of the world right now in a free for all. Uh, there's people dying, there's people sick, there's, you know, there's economies falling apart, there's, uh, you know, prostitutions on the rise, drug dealings on the rise, like all these, you know, criminal activity, there's 50% unemployment in a thing called the pigs. The pigs are the Portugal, Ireland, Greece and Spain. So in the pigs, which is across Europe, there's 50% unemployment for people under 30 years old. Like, you know, um, we all got friends and, you know, I'm just over 30 and it's like 50% unemployment. So imagine you're a young person right now living in Europe. You're, you are feeling very disillusioned by the journey that you're on. Yeah. You're, feel, you're feeling very disillusioned by uh, the, the world that you live in. And, uh, you know, like the reality is, you know, true greatness comes from, you know, challenging life experiences, but you need to really go into with an open heart and an open mind and a heart full of gratitude. Yeah, so you started that by saying here in Australia, for example, yeah. like compared to the rest of the world, we've got a good and we need to recognize that. Is yes, that kind of the, 100%. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm glad we had that little tangent. Oh, I'm yeah. great, great facilitating from you. Yeah, you've asked a couple of great questions yeah. that no one oh, ever man, asked. Oh man, there's going to be some ripper. I, I, I think when my dad listens to this, he'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember the diecast guy." Yeah, like, yeah, he will remember that. Like it's a beautiful story that he he told me. You know, like and, and it's always resonated with me because I've always been okay. We need to be really succinct about what it is that our parents have given us. And like my parents gave me an amazing like my father created this environment of, of of safety and security but at the same time he he made us work for it like he was like you want to go you want you want to achieve something you got to go out and get it and yeah. he still does to this date so you know i'm um I, he, you know i thought when my mum passed away last year it would soften him up a little bit it hasn't softened him at all like, yeah, which is yeah. great yeah, yeah. like in hindsight i am appreciative of the fact that it hasn't softened yeah right so the apprentice yes 2010. 10. 10. Yep. Uh, it's the year before I graduated high school. Here we go. There you go. I would have seen it. On Good TV. times. Yeah, yeah. Good times. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Right, so I want to know everything. 
Yeah, because we've never spoken about this. We have not. We've never. I don't go around there with a billboard. So, yeah, you know. but like you know, it's something we should talk about. Yeah, you, like we're not going to leave it out. This is the forum. I'll beep it out. This is the forum. <laughs> this is the forum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, tell me about it. Okay. My boys uh, went to school with these kids. You did. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yes. You have told me that. So. Uh, you know, these four boys, great boys. Yeah. You know, I was very, very lucky to spend the last sort of 10, 11 years with, with Mark and, and, and the boys. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, I, I didn't know I was going to go into business with Mark. Like, I, 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 when I went on The Apprentice, I thought if I, become, if I come sixth, fifth, fourth, third, great, then I'll go back to real estate. I was doing a million dollars <laughs> a year then. I thought I'll leverage off some television exposure yeah. and I'm right, $2 million, yeah. you know? So, like... Oh, so, but tell me how you even got in, like, the interview when you got in, like... Yeah. How, like, how does that even happen? Your mate says, you should go on The Apprentice. And yes. you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then how do you actually... Go on the there's there's a six stage interview process, so uh, you you start out being interviewed in Melbourne, which is like a sort of a process. There's like ten thousand people try out, then it gets down to like a hundred in each state. Then they bring you into Sydney, uh, and then they do a, another stage of interviews, um, and then they they then. Ironically, uh, actually, I'll tell you a funny story. So, out of 10,000, they, they shimmy it down to 100, then the top 100 in Australia, then 12 for the show. And ironically, um, there was two Andrews. Yeah. So, there was me and another Andrew that were cast. Yeah. Um, and they rang me and said, so, like, I've always been known as Morello. My whole life, yeah, yeah. I'm known as Morello, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, um, Ironically. So, my dad had on his service station Morello Motors. So, growing up, we were always called Morello. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Merlin Motors. Then when I got older, these hands weren't made for, um, for those who are listening to this, my hands weren't made for mechanical repairs. So, <laughs> so my, my, uh, my name ended up getting like evolved into just Morello, no Morello Motors anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, but the reality was, is that, um, at that point, uh, when I, when I did the show, they, they rang me and they said, so I was Andrew Morello from Mooney Ponds, auctioneer and real estate agent. And then they said, oh, would you like to be called any other name? Do you have a nickname? Are you Andy or are you Drew? Or, yeah, yeah. And I said, no, the only other name I'm ever called is Morello. Anyway, ironically at that point, being called Morello, um, is like I, I went on the show and then I got there and there was no other Andrew. And then, and then like four years later, after I'd won, I think I was at the Porti Polo in Melbourne. And this guy walked up and he's like, bro, I'm the other Andrew. Yeah. I said, bro, where you been? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you missed it by I four know, you years. missed it. And he goes, I got accepted, but his wife, wife just between getting accepted and, and uh, starting the filming, because it was 10 weeks yeah. locked up in a house with no phones, no wallets, nothing. His partner or wife, I don't know the detail, had gotten pregnant and yeah. she was like, you know, fair enough. You know, she was like, I just gone, I've just gone through it. She was like, Oh, I can't do ten weeks on my own, which is fair enough. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so he he never made it. God. So who knows? It would have been two Andrews. Who knows which Andrew might have made it? Yeah. But he didn't make it on the show. But so what? They called you Morello the whole show. For the whole reason. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct, 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 correct. Which I I was a big fan of, and That's I so thoroughly funny. enjoyed it. So yeah. So you got in. You won that. It's not that, yeah. Like, we don't have to talk about it that much, but it's cool. Yeah. Like, it's a very cool thing that you fucking won The Apprentice. It is cool. And it was cool that it was the first one, and it was cool that it was with Mark Boris. It's about to come back on Channel 9 now with uh, Alan Sugar and uh, my mate Josh Gibson. AFL Football is going to be one of the, the um, competitors or recipients or participants, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call them. 
Um, and there's yeah, there's a, a plethora of amazing people that are going to do it. So it's 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 fun, bro. Like I, I saw it as fun. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I, there was two two paths I could have taken. Like <laughs> I could have taken the path on like oh, I need to win this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order to set up my life, and I think about maybe like uh, maybe like two years after I won. We were speaking at a conference, Mark and I, at a property conference in the Gold Coast, and and we just he, I had spoken, then he had spoken, then they brought us out for a Q and A, and they said to um, to Burris, they said, oh, um, do you think Morello would have would have achieved the things he's achieved without you? And at that point, what happened was he goes, uh, he said something very profound. He said Morello would have always accomplished the things he's accomplished. Yeah. Always. Yeah. He would have started his own businesses. He would have come, you know, been an international speaker. He would have started his charities. He would have done everything because they're they're in his DNA, right? Yeah, yeah. But what I've done and what the apprentice did and what Yellow Brick Road did and what being his mentee did was accelerate it. You know, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know, and the, and this is what I ironically uh, it's probably a segue into what we do with the entourage is this where I tell people all the time like often from stage or we had 9,000 people log on for our or register for our event last week and I'm always saying you know in our accelerate and elevate program it's not necessarily about the education or yeah. it's not necessarily about the advisory or the coaching but most of all like you get all of that but most of all it's about surrounding yourself with people that are going to elevate you to the next yeah, level yeah, yeah, yeah. right so like you know we've got nearly a thousand members between our accelerate elevate and fast starter members and it's like they're all coming in in april for a um for a three-day conference yeah, yeah. and like i look at that and i go okay like imagine when somebody surrounds themselves with actual superstars yeah. and people that are actually making shit happen. Yeah. Like that is the shit that's all about. Yeah, right? yeah, that yeah. The life's about providing right? a conducive environment. Correct. Yeah. And and and, and in encouraging you to actually st- elevate yourself to the next level and step up to the occasion and and go above and beyond the call of duty, right? So you know that's that's the beauty and the opportunity I think in in really where um, having a community, whether it's the entourage, whether it's you know, whatever. Da, da, da. No, but whatever it might be, you know, it could be Lions Club or it could be BNI or whatever it might be. Like I say to people, two things you need. You need a coach or an advisor to hold you accountable and you need a community of people that are on the same path as you to elevate to the next level. That's what I say every single time. People always go to me, how did you get where you got in life? Is that I spent time, money, energy and effort surrounding myself with the who's who, the best of the best, so that way I can be better every single day. Fucking oath. Fucking oath, bro. Now, that is actually, you're right. It's a perfect segue into the, the entourage. Mm. So, from The Apprentice. Yes. You've done that. Boom. And from that, like, you're... Well, how does that work? They, they encourage you to, like, you get, a, you get a mentorship or what? Like, how does that work? They encourage you to start your own thing and then they provide... So what do you... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what, yes. How does that work? Or do you just decide it? All right, hectic, done. Apprentice, done. Now, apprentice, over. done. Then I had to go work with Mark for 12 months to, to get the quarter of a million dollars. Okay. So I went and worked with Mark for 12 months and, and about maybe seven or eight months in, he was looking to do a capital raise and uh, he wanted, you know, smart operator, wanted to cement me into the fabric of the business, yeah. gave me an opportunity to buy in pre-IPO, so pre-stock exchange, yeah. bought in for X, ended up IPOing at X, you know, this is all public knowledge that everyone can Google yeah, yeah, and find it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then... Make it um, work for it. Yeah, but but he, he gave me the um, he gave me an opportunity to, to own a piece of, of, of the business, and uh, off the back of that, yeah, look, I um, I think it was it was a great you know baptism of fire for me. Like I hadn't I hadn't worked in a large corporate you know sector before. 
I was exposed to, you know, board meetings, exposed to, uh, you know, corporate finance. I was exposed to venture capital. I was exposed to investors. And, and yeah. I think off the back of that, what I realized was that, um, you know, that I was destined for bigger and better. Not better, just more. Destined for bigger and more. Like, certainly not better. Like, you know, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're no, a world-class business. People but, know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, but I... Um, I at that point I realised that yeah I'm going to give this a solid crack so I put my money where my, my mouth was and I invested into uh, into Yellow Brick Road that went really really well um, and then uh, I invested into Entourage simultaneously so Jack and I had been running events at my brother's um, Jealous Craig business in Kensington um, at the time he had a couple of offices but Kensington office down in Melbourne. And then we we're running it at the Yellow Brick Road offices in the border. What is the Yellow Brick Road? Uh, financial services. Okay. Cool. Yeah, wealth management. Yeah. So, um, you know, my moral of the story was like, uh, yeah, so I, I was doing them simultaneously. I was spending my Saturday, Sundays, you know, speaking for the entourage and, and running uh, events for them and, and being a, a guest speaker there. And then on, uh, on weekdays, I was... <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me, guys. Um, on weekdays, I was... Um, traveling around Australia, opening up Yellow Rick Road franchises. We opened up 135 uh, franchises around the country. I headed that up. Uh, it was hard work, but it was fun work. No. Yeah, like it was fun. Yeah. I've got a rule in life. If it's no longer fun, I'll go home. Yeah. And uh, it was just fun. And so, perfect. Yep. Let's talk the entourage. Because again, like I've never asked you, I don't, I don't know nothing about it. Yes. I've never asked you about this. I'm actually genuinely interested. Like, what is the entourage? Yes. Like, you know, how long you've been involved? Yes. How'd you get to the top? Yep. Da, 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 da. Great. So the entourage is Australia's largest organization for entrepreneurs and business owners in, in the coaching uh, workshop, education and advisory space. Um, we're probably in the top five internationally now as well, which is great. Yep. Um, we would be probably number one in Australia and Australasia, which we're pretty proud of. Uh, what, it, what it seems, uh, you know, what, what look, it's what entourage tell everyone they are and there's what I perceive it as because I've been this from the beginning I think we're an enabler you know yeah. I think um, you know Jack and I Jack Delosa my business partner and I truly believe that uh, entrepreneurialism and business ownership can be taught right like people have got this oh, misconception yeah. they think they think in order to be great in business you need to uh, obviously be you know some superstar or have this natural born gift I'm a big believer in that uh, you know like Tiger Woods isn't amazing at golf because he woke up one day and got in a golf ball it's because at four years old he hit a thousand balls a day for yeah, his whole yeah, life yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, that's the reason why he's great yeah, at that yeah. so what we've tried to do is break down it. all of the um, you know, the things that Jack and I have learned then all of the things that our mentors have taught us and, and that they've learned and we're in the big believer that we try and enable growth um, and we, we do it across what we call six elements and we've got uh, marketing uh, sales uh, product to market fit, uh, finance, operations, and people. And across those six elements, we educate, we do workshops, we've got a, an amazing thing called a, a, a uh, Entourage Members Assembly, Entourage Entrepreneurs Members Assembly next month in, in April in Sydney. Um, and so all of our members get to attend that nationally and internationally. Some are looking, they're just looking at the COVID rules, but looking at coming in internationally as well. So, you know, we've got a plethora of speakers. We've got uh, an amazing attendance. Like, the reality is, is that, like, 
what we're doing, nobody's doing right now. Yeah, so, yeah. so we're pretty proud of it. And, you know, can we always get better? 100% we can. But at the same time, do we truly think what we're giving to the rest of the community and the rest of the entrepreneurial world is, is value valuable? Yes, we do. And so, sorry, do individuals come and approach you and be like, hey, I want a thing? Or yep. do even companies come? Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a number of programs Fast starter programs, like accelerating. Like well, you know, look, it's not it's not everyone's it's not everyone's cup of tea, right? And and we're very um, we're very forward about that now. So if we think somebody's a right fit, we tell them you're a, you're the right fit, and we invite them in. It's like they can't buy it. It's not something they can go buy online or buy. You know, they can't just ring up a one eight hundred number and buy it, right? Yeah. So it's all done through an interview process. We're we're very protective of our community. Yeah, yeah. The reason why we do that, uh, and I'm not going to pretend like. You know, we were like this all the time. When we were younger, like when Jack and I were 23, 24, 25, you know, we, we, we were in the business of making money. Now we're in the business of relationships. So yeah, yeah. now we know if we if we bring the right people into our community, um, they won't be with us for a year. They'll be with us for three, four, five years yeah, and beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, there becomes a what I like to call a paradigm shift around what it is that you're looking to actually accomplish in life and what, you know, where you're looking to actually go. Um, but most importantly, you know, where you want to leave your legacy and what you're trying to create. So, like, this isn't a – it's not a lifestyle business. It's not a, uh, a business for sale. Like, it is – the reality is this business here is something that Jack and I are both very passionate yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. We just spent the afternoon before before here now working on, okay, how do I make this, uh, this business better? How do I provide a better solution for people? How do I make life, um, you know, uh, better for our, for our members? Like – can we give them better education? Can we give them better mentorship? Can we give them better coaching, better advisory? Um, how do we run a three-day event that's world-class where you know, you've got X amount of business owners doing X amount of revenue that are actually encouraging each other to go to the next level yeah, and so yeah. on and so on? All right. Yeah. I'm going to throw another curveball at you, right. I think. I love curveballs. Look, I feel like we've discussed a lot about... I think we, we, we've reached the present yep. in terms of like your work life. I'm going to ask you a heavy question, I think. I love Maybe that. you're going to just smash it. Okay. We've talked a lot about you mm. in the context of your businesses, yes. your jobs, yes. your this, your that. Who are you without any of that? Who are you? Philanthropy. Yeah. Charity. Yeah. That's, that's like, if someone said to me, someone actually asked me a question once in a, not in a podcast, in an interview on stage, and they said, if someone put $10 million into your bank and get tomorrow, what would you do? Yeah. And they're waiting for me to say I was at a business, it was at a real estate function, actually. They're, like, they're waiting for me to say, oh, you know. Invest in this spot, do this. No, they're waiting for me to say, like, $10 million is not enough, and I'll go keep working. I'm like, no, and I'll wrap up shop. I'd move to Cambodia tomorrow. Uh, and I'd go live in Siem Reap or uh, Phnom Penh. There's a place an hour out of Phnom, Phnom Penh called Kandal where we've got one of our charities there, and I would just go work with uh, with the orphans. You know, yeah. like that's what I would do. That's if, you. That's what I would do. That's me. That's the essence of Morella. Like, like if someone said to me, what are you looking to achieve in life? Is that I want to do two things. I want to, um, you know, I want to uh, achieve the two great Australian dreams of, of you know, being financially comfortable enough that I've owned all of my investments and that, you know, I own them outright. And the second thing I wanted to do is retire comfortably, right? Yeah. Uh, retirement, 
doesn't have an age for me. Mm. So, like, if someone put $10 million in a bank account and was earning a million dollars interest um, every year through some por- por- portfolio, like, I would be more than happy to dedicate the rest of my life, whether that's my 30s, my 40s, my 50s, my 60s, to philanthropy and to my charity work, right? Like, because I get so much nourishment out of that. Um, the only thing that's ever stopped me, and somebody did ask me once, oh, what stopped you from doing it? The only thing that stopped me from doing it is that we live in this capitalistic world and... Uh, I've just paid about $19,000 in land tax today to the Australian government, which I'm happy to do because we live in a, we live in a great country, And, and yeah. uh, but I've just had to pay a, a phenomenal amount of land tax for a number of my investment properties all in one day. Yeah. And my insurances re- renew as well this month. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, due this month for renewal, so that's my... Um, my, my building insurance on those properties, also my landlord insurance on those properties. So like the reality is like I would love to just go, oh, okay, I've bought these properties, now I can just chill out yeah, and, yeah. and go take it easy. The reality is there's ongoing costs. Yeah. And so like I need to get into a position mentally, emotionally, spiritually and physically that I can step away from those uh, businesses, yeah. uh, step away from those investments and, and thoroughly deep dive in. And I'm not far off. Like I think... You know, if I if I removed all the opulence and all the you know yeah, yeah, fancy yeah. schmancy stuff in my life, like I yeah. could probably do it now. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah, I still enjoy yeah. you know, travel. I still enjoy going for a nice lunch or a nice dinner. I still enjoy being able to take care of my family. I yeah. you know, it's I all part of the experience things. anyway. Correct. So you know, right now I'm still having fun. Remember, I said before, if it's not like a fun, I'll go home. Yeah. Right now, I'm still having fun. Let's talk about you as a spiritual guy. Yes. Because I know you're a spiritual guy. Yes. In a sense. Yes. It's a weird thing to say. Yes, it's a weird I'm, way to term it, but like, no, no, it's, I'm, it's, I'm a, spiritual I think it's, but not religious. Yeah, yes. that's why I said it yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about that. We yes. don't, you know, at, at whatever surface level, whatever you want to, yes. you have a deep you want to go. But like, I think that's an interesting. I'm just trying to delve into you as uh, your personality because I feel like a lot we've talked about is like the business side of things. And yes, the, and, the, and I just want to know. I just want people to know you yes. as well. Like that is a big part of you. Yep. But there's just these other little things, like yes. the spiritual thing, and like I want to talk about how you're a funny guy. We're gonna be funny yeah. guy, huh? Oh, funny, how? Yeah, how? Yeah, funny how? Yeah, funny how? Mm. Um, like that, all that. Mm. You know what I mean? I think you're like you said, you're an you're an interesting guy. I want to delve into that. Yeah. The spiritualism. Let's go there. Uh, so the spiritualism, I'm very passionate about, right? So I believe there's a a, a big, um, you know, uh, celestial and essential shift going on in humanity and consciousness in consciousness and also in the fact that I, I think what's happened is um, what people perceive as religion versus spiritualism is, is becoming very different what a lot of misconception though simultaneously of people's view on spiritualism they think oh uh, spiritualism is religion now I think it's not like I know I'm not going to mention names but I know a lot of very good people that go to church every Sunday that are not good people <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, that's yeah. the reality yeah, right? yeah, I know so, but, yeah, yeah. But, but then I know people that don't go to church anymore um, but believe in you know doing the right thing and yes they might have grown up with what I call Christian values and somebody asked me will you baptize your son and I said, great question. Yeah, and I said I would, I would baptize him. Yeah. Because I would baptize him in the Christian values. So, like in my opinion, like I believe that you know the Christian values um, have made up this amazing uh, way of life. And you know whether Jesus was the Son of God or just the original hippie, yeah, like yeah. you know, great. Like he believed in forgiveness, and he had this amazing ability to communicate to people, and he believed in in the messaging of of loving thy neighbor and all yeah, of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. And I'm like, okay, well, like whether he was the son of God or not, whether he was just like a guy two thousand years ago that was just walking the earth and believed in this message, like 
That's the same as Ratoni Robbins. That's the same as uh, Deepak Chopra. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. same as, uh, you know, uh, you're going to remember, like, the PR wheel of these these guys. Like, Jesus was the original PR man. Like, he, they wrote a book. Now, what, yeah, what yeah. do a lot of these other guys do? Write a book, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everyone buys the book, and then they get volunteers, and they get people to, you know, they believe in their messaging. And, like, the reality is, is Jesus was the original PR wheel, right? And yeah, whether yeah. you believe that he's the son of God or not, I'm not detracting from anyone's, anyone's religious beliefs or their spiritual beliefs. Uh, and I love Jesus, you know? I love Jesus. Whether he was the son of God or not, that's for my personal... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I get what you mean. My personal stuff, but I will say I loved him for what he represented, and what he represented was... Um, um, you know, kindness, uh, love, uh, forgiveness, uh, you know, even on his on, on the cross, he, he forgave, right? So, like, there's my theory in life, right? So that, that is what true spiritualism is. And I, I'm a big believer that forgiveness is the final frontier for human consciousness. Yeah, yeah. So I'll repeat that again. Forgiveness is the final frontier for human consciousness. I think when you learn to practice forgiveness of other human beings and when you learn to practice forgiveness of yourself, um, and sometimes when you learn to practice forgiveness for the closest people to you, like, you know, I, um, I, I just heard a story today from someone that I, uh, that I know very, very well of two brothers, uh, in a country town in Australia that were in business together, uh, an empire and one's moved to Melbourne away from his brother because they've had a falling out. And I'm like, how is brotherly love not transcending yeah, yeah. the anger that somebody has? It's like, that's your brother. That's yeah. your blood. Like it's not a mate. It's not someone you just met. It's not a business partner. This is your blood, right? And I'm like, you've, you've both come from your mother and your father. Like, this is a beautiful thing uh, that you share. And, uh, and two brothers split the business, split the family assets, yeah. and they are now, one's moved to Melbourne away from his brother. And it's like, you know... And they were, they're, they're two Islamic guys, but I see it in Islam, I see it in uh, Christianity, I see it in non-denominational, like people that are atheists, and I see them turn against each other, and I'm like, where is all these, like, you know, there's people that go, oh, yeah, I'm Muslim, or I'm Buddhist, or I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Catholic, and then I re or I'm Anglican, whatever it might be, and then you see them do that to their brother, and I'm like, doesn't matter who was in the wrong. That's definitely sort not independence of, of, of Islam. There's my is point. what you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, correct. It's yeah. not of any religion. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, like you know, you, you owe it not just to yourself, not just to them, but also to yourself to actually rise above that. Mm. Uh, but that's, that's, that's something I heard That's where the message comes through yeah. in spiritualism. So, so, so going back to your question, what, what is my, my, let's call it my journey or my awakeness yeah. with consciousness and spirituality has been, it's been an ongoing journey. It started yeah. probably when I was 15. I'm 34 now. So like, uh, it's been an ongoing journey of me trying to find what it is that I truly be believe in, not just, um, you know, uh, from a, from a holy point of view as in like, is it God or is it Jesus, whatever it is, but more, what do I believe in, in with regard to myself? So like, um, you know, uh, having, you know, love for one another, yeah. uh, being able to forgive, um, you know, uh, I'm a Piscean. So like, you know, let's talk it from an astrology point of view. I'm a very loving, very open-minded, very open-hearted person. And it's interesting, like you meet all these people, they're like, oh yeah, me too, I'm the me too, me too. And then you actually become friends with them and then like, they show you their true colors. They're like, oh, I hate this person from work or yeah. I hate, you know, I hate my brother or I hate my mom or I hate my dad. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you told me you were this loving, free-spirited yeah. person and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you, you, you're talking about other people like that. So I've just tried to continue to stay true to the values that I think of all people my mother instilled in me. Yeah. You know, my mother had a, ter a very uh, difficult childhood 
uh, a difficult life until she met my father. And um, my mother had this amazing ability to just give love to the world. And, um, you know, she died young. Uh, but I think her dying young just cemented more how important it was for me to carry the legacy of my mother. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, how that ties in. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. How, yeah. Mm. That's her influence on you is that spiritual side. Yeah, and she, and, she never, and she never pushed religion, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, she cleaned the church on, you know, as one of her volunteer jobs. And she was, you know, in part of the mother's auxiliary and tuck shop and library yeah, yeah. at three Catholic schools. And, like, she never pushed the religious agenda. She just pushed a good human being agenda. And so yeah, did my father, and, and too. She, she did it by action, not Correct. by, like, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it, funny because, like, I don't know your parents, but, yeah. like... I can see it's funny, like your dad's the entrepreneur, your mom's mm. the thing, and then you're like... You, I try and be a combination yeah, of the yeah, both, yes, 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 um, which I, I'm lucky enough to have that luxury, right? So like, you know, people always go to me, oh, you've done very well um, business-wise or financially, and I, I turn around and I say, oh, it's because I had, oh, I'm not going to lie, look, they never gave me anything, my mum and dad, but they gave me this, the, a mental, emotional, and spiritual, emotional blanket where I could like, all right, have a crack, have a crack. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. works out great. If it doesn't, look, you've still got a bed to sleep in and a bowl of pasta on yeah, the table, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm very, very lucky. I had that. I know that 98% of the world doesn't have that luxury. And I'm not naive to not be appreciative of that luxury. And I will continue That's every single day to, to, to live my life in gratitude and honor my mother's legacy, honor my relationship with, uh, with my mother, my father, and continue to try and be amazing. That's mad. I think you're doing a good job. Thanks, bro. So far. All giving right. it a crack. We're almost done, surely. Nah, well, but like, there's plenty more. In there, life. There's heaps. But I, I want to. Oh, that's so funny. I heard my phone going off. Yes, and it's, and it's this. Ah, it's, it's, right. a, it's a warning. It means we're on path. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, I want to ask you. The last thing I want to ask you, not even ask you, talk yeah. about. Mm. I talk about the comedy career, mate. Yes. Where are we going? What are we doing? When's the first oh, open mic? Like no, are you asking the yeah. questions no, today? Because I haven't told anyone about this. Because what we're going to do, we're going to fucking plug it. Yes, and we're okay. going to get a crowd there. All right. Like, all we're right. going to get a crowd there on the first day. All right. You great. know what I'm saying? So, great, like, great, be great, funny great. right now. All right. So, well, yeah. I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't got the course yet, right? No. So, so I, uh, I haven't had... Uh, I've had an amazing um, career in uh, doing, uh, like, corporate speaking... Uh, public speaking, being, uh, what's the word, auctioneer. Um, auctioneer. So, like, I, I, I'm very, very uh, lucky and and blessed with the amazing ability to be able to get up in front of a crowd and, and speak. Right, so here's the challenge. The challenge with that is that I'm great at getting up and speaking on business, finance, property, yeah. you know, prop, uh, whatever it might be, and I'm really motivational speaking. I'm, I can do that every day of the week. But, like, I always look at, comedians and uh no even prior to looking at comedians i was trying to find things that scare me yeah. so I've, I've i've subscribed to this concept like i've skydived i've bungee jumped i've uh climbed mount mount Kinabalu in borneo uh for charity or i've done the kokoda trail for charity like in papua new guinea like i try and do things that scare me all the time all the time yeah, right yeah, yeah. uh like adrenaline junkie to some yeah, respects yeah. anyway what i realized is that i um didn't have anything that scares me anymore yeah like it was it was kind of scary that nothing scared me anymore, yeah. right so <laughs> so what ended up happening was i i realized in order for me to go to the next level and to grow i needed to find uh the next thing that scares me yeah and um one of the girls in my office direct you guys can't see but directly across in our operations and marketing team uh, a beautiful girl named mariah she went and did this uh you know this 
nine-week course in, in comedy, and then she went and performed at uh, yeah. a comedy... Um, the comedy store. Yeah, one, yeah. One, one of the... I don't know if it's a comedy store, but one of those. So yeah, we all bought know, tickets and we went. Yeah, we all went. And, um, and she did an amazing job. And I said, oh, I would love to do that. And she's like... And it was good that I got called out by one of our staff. Like, you know, she was like... You know, she's like, why can't you do that? Yeah. And I said, oh, I, I couldn't do that. She's like, but you're funny. And yeah. I said, yeah, I'm funny, but like to actually be funny. And what I realized at that point, it was me being scared. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a, there's a metaphor for life here, right? So like everybody that's that's listening or watching this, they can actually should realize that everybody goes through the same journey. Like it's not like, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's easy for Morello. It's not because like I found something I was scared of now, which is comedy. And I've, you know, in my phone over there, I've, I've come up, bits, yeah. I've come out with a whole bunch of content and you're right it's very like some people laugh some they don't rather, rather. but the thing is I haven't spent the time money energy and effort to actually work on it so like I need to do this course yeah. like when pe- when I you know here's the plug for entourage it's like, so what I say to people like I've gone and paid people to go teach me how to Vedic meditate yeah. thousands of dollars I've gone and paid people to take me on retreat and ceremony in yeah, Byron yeah. for thousands of dollars I've gone and taken you know got on business coaches and advisors for thousands of dollars and now I'm about to go get myself a comedy coach yeah, yeah. for thousands yeah, of dollars right? right so like if you really want to actually give something a go like I, it would be remiss of me to be on stage in front of 2,000, 3,000 people telling them they should buy a program or go and, you know, go and, you know, do this and have an exploration session or discovery session to see if their business idea is a good idea, whatever it might be. It would be remiss of me to stand up in front of thousands of people and say that, whether it's on Zoom or face-to-face, if I wasn't actually doing it myself. Yeah, yeah. So what I've, what I've gone and done now is... Uh, I was booked in yeah, until the baby came. Yeah, I was about came. to say, yeah, okay. So that's, you've got I was off booked in. I was booked in until the baby came. So uh, I do have a, a, a two-week-old baby. Um, and Thank you very much, Lion Mane Morello. Um, and so I will go into the next... Uh, uh, as well, by the way. Yeah, Keneal, thank yeah. you very much for producing such an amazing baby. Yeah. There we go. She's an amazing girl. I've actually known her for 20 years. Yeah, like we haven't brought her up once and that's disrespectful. No, correct. So, sorry, Keneal. There we go. You're also, Camille, sorry, if you're watching this, Camille, I'd love to have you on the podcast. Great. She's yeah, actually, yeah. she's so got her own business. Yeah, I know. I'd love to uh, have she's, she's traveled the world. She's an extremely worldly woman. Um, she's being an amazing mother right now, yeah. uh, doing all the difficult stuff that I certainly could not do. Um, so we're very, very uh, proud of the amazing woman she is. And I'm yeah. a big believer in surrounding myself with strong feminine energy, and she's certainly one of those. So big call out to Camille. There you go. Great. All right, well, that's that. That's that. Is that that? That's that. Oh, well, look, I'll, I'll, I suppose if anyone does want to um, follow up or, or follow or anything like that, Instagram at Andrew Morello. Facebook is Andrew Marcello Morello. So that's M-A-R-C-E-L-L-O Marcello. We'll put it in the, well, we'll put it yeah, in the yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the Entourage, feel free to follow that. Jack, my business partner. It's all in there. Uh, but yeah, look, we've... Um, I'm glad that I met you. I believe the meaning to life is the people we meet and what we create with them. Uh, you're, uh, I, I love the the rawness that you are, Andre, and <laughs> I love uh, I love your family. They've become my Sydney family, yeah. so I uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying our amazing relationship. Did they tell you I bumped into them yeah, on yeah, the wharf the other day? Yeah, yeah, so I'm walking out of Otto's uh, in Woolloomooloo Wharf, um, <laughs> and you know, six star restaurant, and then I'm walking down the street and I get Morello, Morello, and they're a China doll. So yeah, yeah. I ended up having a drink with your uh, your dad and your mum and your aunt and your uncle, and yeah. and they're just beautiful people. Yeah. 
and I think that's I the reason why that. you uh, who you are you, uh, you you come from good stock I call it yeah, and uh, I believe that the meaning to life is the people you meet and what we create with him so I'm looking forward to creating lots of things with you appreciate it it has been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you and we'll do it again but 100% this is part one guys yeah, part one yeah yeah part one six months but that was mad yeah beautiful. I want to talk about the ceremony and the shaman and we'll, that, we'll get to that in due course yeah anyway thank you so much Andrew. my pleasure cheers and Great. like subscribe oh wait I didn't do that Great. like subscribe to the YouTube the Spotify iTunes <laughs> music like just do it get the numbers up done anyway cheers